Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. Today on the Ether, Red Spaces. Hosted by Mars Protocol, it's a discussion and some updates on the Mars Hub launch. Hosted by Ryan Lyon. Meow. Let's take a listen. Jose, uh, have we got everyone from your side up on stage? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I think there might be a few other people joining joining us cool do you want me to hold off or are you guys ready to kick off um let me let me check quickly i think we i think we can start i think they'll join they'll come in in the, in the meanwhile cool okay well it's good to be here with the uh, mars protocol and some of the core contributors um we've got jose larry and dane up on stage um i think a lot of people know you guys already but do you do you guys just want to give a real quick intro um before we kick off Jose, do you want to go first? Yep, uh, I'm Jose, uh, head of Delphi Labs. We're contributors to to Mars Protocol. Um, yeah. Thank you, sir. Larry? Oh, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Larry. Uh, I'm a developer, just write code and stuff. Beautiful. And Dane? Hey, guys. Uh, also a developer. Just been one of the uh, core developers since the start of Mars Protocol and uh, just doing all sorts of development at the moment. Cool. Great to have you guys all here. Um, I guess first and foremost, congratulations on the the launch of the, the Mars chain. Um, you guys must be super excited to get this over the line, sort of second time round, so I think probably about a year on since, uh, since the first launch, and uh, I don't think we need to go into too much detail in terms of like what happened there, but um, how are you guys feeling uh, post-launch? Um, we just launched only a portion of the protocol. Um, so, like, Mars protocol is, consists of three parts. We have the hub chain, and we have the red bank, which is the credit protocol, and there's the credit account. So, uh, it's just beginning. <laughs> We're just starting. Too early to get the champagne out, right? So far, um, yeah. so like obviously, yeah. Mars Hub launch was yesterday. Um, I know that shipping days can be uh, pretty nervous, exciting, a range of emotions. Like, did did everything go to plan uh, with the launch yesterday? Mostly, yes. Uh, we had uh, a little bit of complications at the very beginning, but it was pretty much resolved shortly after and uh and uh everything else seems to be just fine that's good to hear um so as you as you mentioned larry i think you got a you got a sort of three-stage launch here and and this first stage is 
I think just about getting the chain up and running, the validators up and running, and then kind of distributing that initial airdrop to the previous Mars token holders on uh, on on uh, what well, previous token holders on Terra is that is that kind of a good summary of phase one? Yeah, so the hub chain will have a few functionalities. It will be a, uh, where the to where Mars token is hosted. Uh, it will be where governance is hosted. It will be uh, the the home for our safety fund. Um, and it will have a it will come. It's right not available now, but it will come with a a module for remote governance of our smart contracts on other chains. So these are the a few core functionalities of the hub chain. So we're launching hub chain first and we're launching the other components um, at some time afterwards. Cool. And you guys have, um, you kicked off with a, a 50 validator chain. Um, I guess like a couple of questions on that. So you had these these 16 Genesis validators who've got a sort of temporary delegation from the community pool to, to help think, keep things stable and secure in, in the chain inf infancy. Uh, I guess like first question would be like, how were these uh, Genesis validators chosen? Uh, and then obviously there's, there's another, well, at least initially another 34 spots available um, for the vol validators to, to join that active set. Um, is it is it just like a bit of a free for all for those validators trying to pick up uh, delegations from uh, from from token holders? Um, how and have you seen like much movement of those validators jumping in and out of the active set? How many have you got like competing for those spaces? Um, if any, any one of you have anything to to say, or if not, I can I can explain this. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, yeah. So you know, to start a chain, we need at least one validator. Um, so we don't want to start with one that would be pretty centralized. We don't want to already decide all the spots. In, in other case, it would be difficult for for someone else to get in. So the idea is we have not one, not all. We have something in the middle, and uh, we had fifty spots in total. So the end. In the end, we chose to go be between 10 to 20. So we have a small team, and this small team should be very technically fluent. So if we have any trouble, they, they can sort things out. And all the rest of the spots are free to join. Uh, so that, that, that's how we chose this particular number of 16. And um, as mentioned, those, those people are, mo are mostly chosen based on their technical fluency. And, uh, and one particular thing I looked for when choosing them was their open source contributions. So if you look at these validators, they mostly, most of them have made quite significant open source contributions, um, such as Notional. You can you can see Jacob in basically every Cosmos chain repo doing PRs and stuff. Uh, EcoStake, they made Restake. Um, Needlecast, they are building a, an app chain called Minerva and and some other protocols on Juno. And I can go on go on and on. So um, I would say being able to code is a quality I look for from validators. Uh, yeah. And does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, and, and just like on the, I, you know, I think that those are great criteria for choosing 
uh, those Genesis validators. And, and I guess ultimately you, you guys are pulling or, or the, the, the community pool delegations are, are being pulled after I think it said a month in, in, in the, the literature that I read. So, um, so, so they will ultimately have to compete with the rest of the, of the validators on the chain in, in, in the, in the sort of short to medium term once you've got through this uh, infancy stage. Uh, I guess like in terms of like the other spots, have you seen, have you seen like a good uptake in terms of, in terms of validators competing for those spots? Are you, are you kind of pleased with the competition? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is free market. Um, like validators provides services to the chain, including providing uh, validation of blocks, and they might also provide other services like uh, like RPC nodes, state sync, or they may build dashboards, this kind of stuff. And uh, I, th I think delegators should review each validator based on what kind of contributions they're making to the protocol, how much value they're bringing to the community, and uh, base their delegations on these. Um, this introduces competition between validators, and they, are, they, are, they will all try to bring the most value. So I, I think it's, it's a healthy system. Excellent. Um, cool. Um, I guess like one of the, probably one of the most important things that people in the audience will be interested in will be sort of the, the airdrop claim uh, mechanisms. Um, and, and I guess like it's also important for you guys to, to get the word out there and, and make sure that people are picking up those airdrops and, and, and staking them uh, to help secure the chain. Um, I, I must admit, I was a little bit confused yesterday when I was looking at things because I think it's quite unusual um, to not have any sort of web UI uh, available and, and you're kind of managing uh, the hub via, I think, Station and Kepler. Do you, do you want to like kind of just give a, a quick uh, dummies guide on, on, on what people should be doing to, to check and claim uh, their airdrops? Yeah, so there is no action needed. So there's not, not, not a such thing such as you submit a transaction to, to get your tokens. There's no such thing. The, the, trans, the, the token balances are pre-allocated to each account in the blockchain's genesis state. So ideally, uh, if you open up your wallet application, you should find your coins already sitting in your address. Um, so if uh, you know the airdrops are dropped to uh, Terra Classic users who held the old Mars token on Terra Classic. So if you had used a hot wallet on Terra Classic, import the same seed phrase into a, a wallet application. If you used Ledger on Terra Classic, use the same Ledger, uh, import that into a wallet application. Uh, so one thing to note here is that uh, currently we have two major wallet applications. One is Terra Station, one is Kepler they use a different parameter called coin type when generating accounts from your seed phrases or ledger device. So uh, even, even given the same seed phrase or the same ledger device, you connect them to TerraStation or Kepler, you get, you get two different addresses. Um, so the airdrop goes to the TerraStation address because that is what Terra Classic used. So if you held um, Mars token back on Terra, Terra Classic, uh, you want to examine your token on in your Terra Classic wallet. If you prefer to use Kepler, you can optionally just send those tokens to your Kepler address. 
But if you wish to stay on Terra Classic, that's totally fine. I think our web app web app will support it. I could uh, I could probably just add a little bit more to that as well. Um, people might be interested to know um, we were originally going to do uh, your traditional website where you'd go and claim it, and we've actually we built out this beautiful airdrop experience. Um, but the one downside was that if you had a, a ledger, you weren't able to claim it without essentially exporting that seed phrase from the ledger into a hot wallet because um, the ledger, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Larry, but the ledger, it couldn't sign like arbitrary messages. It could only sign transactions. And we needed you to sign a transaction on your Terra Station ledger saying, yes, this was my address. Now give me the the amount on Mars. Uh, so we made sort of a, a last minute decision to be like, we don't want people to have to change their seed phrase uh, because they've essentially exported it from their ledger. And we've heard of uh, another chain actually doing it this way or a very similar way. So we changed that last minute there. Um, and, and another thing to note on the wallet things, um, while it doesn't matter right now what wallet you're going to use, right? So you could use Kepler. Uh, station and also I believe Leap is fully supporting us now and, and we're happy to just be neutral there. Um, if you want to put your Mars on another chain once we enable IBC, uh, the wallet at that point will matter a bit more because the bridge to Osmosis only supports uh, Kepler for, for that UI, the Osmosis UI. And uh, in a similar way, the, the bridge to like Terra only supports going from Mars Hub to Terra. So depending on if you want to IBC your Mars to, to a different uh, chain, you might have to use a certain wallet. Cool. I think that's some good advice, Dane. Because, um, yeah, there's, there's obviously going to be some activity going on in the near future on, on Osmosis with, with LPs and, and such. So, um, so, yeah, that might be something that people want to consider. And I guess, like, just general advice from me is that, you know, if you go to the Mars page, I think they put multiple tutorials within some of their articles on on how to um, on how to access any airdrops. And I guess, like as a, as a last uh, resort, there's always the Mars Discord that you can jump into to ask questions. Um, so it kind of led me nicely onto like some of the um, early governance proposals um, that have been put up on 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 the Mars on the Mars Hub. Uh, I think. I think we've got two or three live at this point. Maybe just run through them real quickly. So um, the first one, uh, as Dane just mentioned, is to enable IBC on Mars. Um, and I guess this would sort of enable the Mars token to to travel around the cosmos. Do, do any of you guys want to speak to that particular uh, governance proposal? Yeah, I can give Larry a break from speaking if he likes. Um, that's um, so. That's actually the the third proposal is the en- enabling of the IBC. Um, but essentially, um, we made the call that we wanted to launch with that uh, disabled initially, and just focus on getting some governance proposals out where everyone uh, could essentially have the opportunity to stake. Uh, would you know delegate to a validate to a validator and then vote without uh, just jumping to another chain and dropping the token. That was one of the main reasons, and also just like uh, trying to improve the chain security there by allowing people the opportunity to delegate. So um, that one is proposal number three, and I think that goes live 
around or just after 9 p.m. UTC on Friday the 3rd. Cool. Um, yeah, I've, I, I wasn't doing them in any particular order. I, was, I guess that was a pretty pretty important one. I think one of the other ones that's live is um, to uh, allocate 9 million Mars to be used as staking rewards in year one. Um, I think the the general idea from from what I was reading from you guys is that you know the, the protocol wants to generate revenue and, and and kind of champion real yield over the long term, but obviously uh, in order to like encourage people to to secure the network and stake their tokens, you want to have some kind of short term incentives to do that. Um, did you guys have like a a rough staking reward percentage in mind when you when you came up with the nine million number we did um we have a we have a research team actually and they crunched some numbers but we essentially wanted to focus on chain security and also uh at least trying to allow the the top 50 um active validators to sort of break even um at worst right so that was sort of the ratio that we were aiming for of course who knows what the the token is going to trade at price wise so it's all sort of just estimations does that kind of put you in the like sort of twenty twenty five percent APR range? Or oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe um, I'm not sure if anyone else knows. I think that was the range. Yeah, um, but it depends on how many people actually stake, and we we could only guess uh, prior to launch. So it depends. Yeah, my 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 rough maths was sort of like about fifty percent staking ratio, uh, something along those lines. So I'm I'm glad that I can still do some mental maths. Um, and then I, I think there's another two that were proposed. But I'm not sure which exactly one which one is exactly live. I think it's the uh, to to allocate seven hundred fifty. Is it seven hundred fifty thousand? Uh, Mars to the Mars Osmo LP in month one to to help um, to to help build liquidity. Yep, that's the one. Um, pretty much just as you say, right? We want to um, we want to try and incentivize people to LP on Osmosis there, so we have a good a good base uh, for that pool. And uh, I think that's also I think I'm not sure if it's passed or not. It was definitely passing to be matched by. I think 310,000 Osmo uh, tokens incentives over the first three months. Um, would, the, would the plan be to continue to provide um, Mars uh, token incentives to that pair over time, maybe sort of scaling down as liquidity, liquidity starts to build? Yeah, we've definitely, um, our research team have run a bunch of numbers there and, and we do want to, aim for a certain level of depth there. Uh, so, so we do have a plan and it all kind of depends on what the token, um, you know, trades at, but, but we've got an idea that we could continue to incentivize it while needed. Cool. And that's the, that's the three uh, governance propos- proposals that are live right now. Um, I did have a question, uh, I think uh, Ian, Crypto Ian raised uh, around governance in general. Um, uh, the question was relating to, I, I guess, like sort of the token distribution and the ability. Or the the question was, will the Mars contributors with their locked up tokens be able to, I guess, a stake uh, those tokens on the chain and b uh, vote in governance? Uh, I can take this one. 
Uh, yeah, uh, so the tokens are locked in a smart contract. That contract is open source, and the, uh, the, the, the parameters used to instantiate it um, is also available on-chain. So everybody is welcome to audit it, audit it. So the answer is the tokens cannot be staked. And this decision was made such that you know, we contributors, we, we, we don't get any staking rewards. Staking rewards all belong to users who have liquid tokens. Um, we cannot stake. Um, but we, uh, those tokens can vote. So the total voting power of, of our chain is the total amount of staked tokens plus all the tokens locked in the vesting contract. That's the total voting power. Okay, good to know. I guess, I guess it'd be remiss of me not to ask this question. Then, in that case, I think by my calculations, that would give the the Mars builders something like an eighty to eighty five percent share of the voting power. Um, is is it is there maybe any concerns that the the total voting power on the on the chain is is held quite centrally? Well, I would say um, that's the the case for the very early beginning of the chain. Um, as time goes on, more tokens are released as uh, staking rewards, as liquidity rewards, uh, as uh, borrowing lending rewards. Um, so it will diversify over time. I think there we had an article um, with an estimation on like over how many months the contributors will have less than majority. Um, I couldn't remember. Counts. So that's called the Envoy module, and, and it's it's really cool. Um, Mars Hub will be able to govern smart contracts on any other chain. However, um, all of these smart contracts, these outposts on other chains, are, are going to be you know money markets and and dealing with credit. Um, so it, it's quite a, a serious job to take on that governance role there. And I think it's it's somewhat natural at the very like beginning of the protocol that you just have the contributors. To kind of babysit that until it grows a little bit more mature, and and at that point we do want to hand it over to the community. Um, but in its infancy, we just want to give it a little bit of guidance as well. Cool, makes sense. Appreciate the appreciate the answers there. Um, so I think like let's maybe move on to like the second stage of of launch. Um, I think the next stage is deploying the first Mars outpost on. Osmosis, which you guys have, have pegged for for early Feb. I don't know if anyone's willing to to commit to a rough date on that, uh, but uh, I'll ask the question anyway. And, and I guess to add to that, what what's the process for for deploying the this Mars outpost on Osmosis? Will will this be another thing that passes through governance? Um, I can answer the second question. So there is an ongoing Osmosis governance proposal on whitelisting an address. For, uh, as a like whitelisted contract uploader who can upload contracts without going through the governance. Um, so if that is passed, then uh, Mars contributors will be able to just upload the contract and deploy them um, bypassing the governance. I think it is passing, hopefully. Uh, so, so yeah, so the answer is on osmosis, we won't having to do any governance proposals? Um, that's good. I guess that's good. Good news <laughs> because uh, you know the the difficulties of a permission chain can get pretty sticky if you want to kind of pass through governance any changes um, 
any changes to any smart contracts. So, uh, so I guess that's good news for Mars. Um, will will there be like a, a governance uh, vote on the on the Mars hub to to deploy those contracts, or will that just go ahead? Um, so the the actions hap- happen on Osmosis. So, like Mars chain does governance does not really have sovereignty over that. Uh, so f- from this reasoning, there will not be a proposal on Mars Hub for that. Cool. Okay. Yeah, just just trying to understand the process. Um, and so I guess the the function of the function of the Mars outpost on uh, on Osmosis will allow users the uh, ability to to lend and borrow assets via the Red Bank. Um, will um, once those contracts are deployed, will sort of standard lending and borrowing be able to happen sort of immediately following the deployment? Uh, and if so, um, which 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 assets will be will be included in that ability to 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 lend and borrow? Dan, uh, you want to take over this? I, I can take it over. <laughs> it, yeah, it's okay. I got it. Yeah. So by the way, I'm, I'm Doko. I'm also a contributor of Mars. Uh, joined a little bit late. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so the, initially the assets that are going to be uh, available to lend and borrow on the Red Bank are going to be essentially three, Osmo, Atom, and Axel USDC. And we'll, we'll start with, uh, essentially we'll have, there, there's going to be deposit caps that, uh, that we'll have um, that will progressively increase over time. Uh, but that's just like the, the, yeah, you're right. It's going to be essentially the initial money market functionality of borrowing and lending, and lending available. Cool. And is, is there like a is there like a process for for adding uh, additional a- assets to uh, the the red bank on on osmosis? Yeah, yeah. There there is in a sense of like uh, it will it will have to go through governance, uh, where essentially there you know there's going to be in in the governance proposal there's going to be uh, you know the asset that you know we we want to add that kind of like the deposit caps. That we think makes sense from our, from our following the risk framework that we published, um, you know, just following that methodology, as well as the, the suggested max LTVs and liquidation LTVs, uh, kind of like the borrowing power of that asset, essentially. Cool. And so, like you mentioned, the Atom, Osmo, and Axla USDC will be the initial assets um, within the Red Bank available for for, for lending and borrowing. Um, you mentioned there's caps on those. So, so every time you want to raise the caps, will that require a governance proposal on the Mars Hub? Yes, that's right. It, it, it will have to go through a governance proposal. Makes sense. Uh, and then I guess that just brings me to I think a a governance proposal um, suggestion, which was uh, to allocate. Uh, one million Mars to uh, early uh, to to be distributed to early depositors of Atom, Osmo, and Axlar, USDC, and the Red Bank. Um, I guess that proposal will go live um, once you've deployed the Red Bank on Osmosis. Is is that correct? And I think that was maybe within the first month. Um, so, so I guess like the question, uh, a follow-up question is, do you, do you plan to like continue to incentivize, uh, de- um, lending on, uh, on osmosis? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it will depend. Uh, it will depend on, uh, just like, uh, market conditions and, um, variety of factors. Uh, you know, 
ideally, yeah, I think, you know, it will, it will go through governance and, you know, depending on, uh, depending on that, you know, we'll decide to, I mean, depending on the vote of governance, like uh, Mars will decide to either continue incentive, incentives or reduce them or remove them essentially. Cool. Makes sense. Uh, and I think that's, um, you know, I know that I'm currently <laughs> readying um, some some liquid atom Osmo and, and, and USDC to try and take advantage of those ed- incentives through the lending protocol. So definitely something for, for people to look at and start considering because I, I think you'll be, possibly be live in the next week or two. Um, and then I think the the third, if I move on to like the third stage of the launch sequence, which is like pegged to be um, enabling isolated margin and, and leverage borrowing on osmosis. Um, do you guys want to maybe just like give a, 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 dumbing, a dummy's guide for, for how uh, leveraged yield farming works? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so so that what you're referring to is uh, is the new primitive that we built called uh, the credit accounts, the Mars Rover, um, and essentially that these are essentially our credit accounts where um, a user can deposit collateral uh, in their accounts, and then and essentially they can borrow from the Red Bank um, and 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 um, against that collateral, and uh, use that to um, to enter. Uh, yield farming positions on osmosis, passive developing on osmosis. So effectively leverage yield farming just means that you say you have Osmo Atom, for example, uh, that you want to you want to kind of like take exposure to um, and you want to have a 2x leverage exposure to that. What that means is you will deposit in a simplest case, you will deposit uh, your, your Osmo in your account um, or your Atom, depending on which one you want to deposit. You can deposit also both, but <laughs> just to keep it simple, you deposit your Osmo. Um, and then you use that Osmo as collateral to borrow um, the same market value in, in Atom. So say, you know, so of, of that Osmo, so that you have 50% dollar value of Osmo um, and it, that you deposited, the other 50% is what you borrowed. And now you take those two assets and you stick them into the LP. So that you're, now your, your exposure is, you're, you're two, you have 2x leverage on the Osmo Atom LP pool. Uh, this goes. This happens in through the through the Apollo vaults uh, that the Apollo's built, and so yeah, that's the exposure you have to X levered, and you know, um, yeah, that's that's how in its simplest form, that's how leverage yield farming works, basically. Cool. And which, uh, I guess, when do you like expect for this uh, function to go live, roughly? Yeah. So soon after uh, the release of the Red Bank. Uh, I don't want to specify a date yet, but I'd say pretty quickly after that. Cool. Uh, and and which which pools will people be able to enter um, using the the leveraged uh, yield farming? Yeah. So uh, initially, it will be the the pools associated to those three assets that are uh, whitelisted in Red Bank. Uh, so uh, Osmo Atom and uh, Osmo Axler USDC. Okay, cool. And I, I had a question about like the mechanism of this. Um, so I'd imagine that to um, like get maximum yield from from those pools, you would need to enter into the fourteen day bonded pools on osmosis. I was wondering, like from a from a liquidation perspective, um, how how would it work? 
um, if someone's liquidated whilst they're kind of stuck in a 14-day uh, bonding pool? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So um, let me first start by saying that the the two, we're only going to whitelist initially uh, just two vaults, uh, and these are going to be the 14-day vaults. So it's going to be the Osmo Adam 14-day lockout period vault and then the, the Osmo actually USDC 14-day lockout period vault. So like just those two vaults are going to be uh, sort of like whitelisted on, 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 on Rover. Um, and then in terms of how liquidations work, so um, there is, so the, um, the, um, the, the vaults will have a special permission um, on osmosis where only if there is a liquidation triggered from the, the smart contract of the credit manager, so Rover. So only if the, so, so there's this, there's this concept that we use of, of, uh, of health. So we have, uh, so um, there's each account is going to have a health factor. Um, which determines if an account is um, can be liquidated or not. So the idea is that uh, when you're holding these vault positions in in your account, they they um they are you're always having your account more collateral than, than the amount of debt that that you owe to the red bank. And so um, of course the collateral is adjusted by the LTV, the the max LTVs, the risk parameters, right? So your collateral. So say you have a hundred dollars worth of Osmo Atom, and that Vault essentially has a seventy percent, you know, max LTV. That means that you can only borrow seventy dollars, right? So you can only borrow seventy percent worth of that, right? Um, and so then, what happens is, um, you know, if, if you're, so, so essentially, if you're, um, if you end up, uh, well, actually, you, you can borrow more than that if, if you keep the assets in in the vault. But basically, what what that really means is that if your collateral adjusted by the LTV um, is becomes less than your uh your depth uh then your health your health is is below is, your 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 account is unhealthy so in, in numbers your health is below one right so then you can be liquidated um and then if you can be liquidated um then a liquidator can trigger the liquidate action on, on a smart contract and just in that case only in that case the smart contract can request the apollo vault to force unlock those positions um so that why listed um sort of like action is only actionable if there is a need. There's a need of a liquidation, so that essentially the the risk of so essentially Rover can properly liquidate. Does that explain it well? Do, do you want me to go deeper? <laughs> I, I think so. I think I think it's probably one of the things that I, that we'll have to see in action um, to 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 really get our head around. I don't want to get too deep. I want to kind of keep it um, relatively light on this call, but I, I think that gives a gives an indication. Um, I just want to shout out to the crowd here. I've got a few forward-looking questions to the team here, but if you want to jump up and uh, ask a question, now's a good time to start uh, raising your hand. Before I move on to a couple of forward-looking questions, is there anything else kind of launch sequence related that you guys want to want to call out that we've not covered? Larry, you've been here for most of the time, so I don't know uh, if we've covered everything kind of launch-related. Um, if there's any specific question, I can answer. But otherwise, I think it's pretty straightforward. We have covered them quite well. Cool. I'll ask my couple of uh, probing questions. I'm not sure if uh, if uh, Let's Node is in the audience, but I, I'm you know I'm not sure how how <laughs> well you'll be able to answer these questions. Um, I guess like one obvious question is um, which other chains. Uh, would you guys say are, are candidates for for future Mars outposts? Has there been any D 
decisions made, any any testing done on on any other chains at this point? I can I can come in and just say um like from the from the technical perspective, like one of the biggest challenges here is finding good oracles. So as far as like the Cosmos goes right now, like Osmos is, is the obvious choice because it's it's got the most TVL. Um, we could go anywhere, um, and there are some really exciting chains launching. You know, like like say super exciting, but it's it's just got no um, liquidity for us right now to even consider it. Uh, but that I think that's our general idea is we just want to go wherever there is the liquidity to service that. So that's the first requirement there. Um, we're, we're looking at all the new chains though and like we're looking at um, anything that would allow different types of strategies uh, you know like there's a lot of these central uh, limit order book chains that are popping up that are super exciting so there's definitely cool things that can be done but um, we just need to see how that sort of evolves I don't know if, if uh, Doki you want to add anything there yeah, no, I, th- I think you covered it, but I would also add that um, Osmosis itself is, is it's pretty exciting, right? I mean, like there, there's a lot of room of things we can do on Osmosis that we're just, we're just launching right now. And in fact, even with the rover accounts, the only functionality we'll, we'll enable at launch is going to be leverage yield farming. But there's so much more we can do with Osmosis, right? There, there's this margin trading that, and there's cross-colorization of, of, you know, like going short or going long an asset and using your LPs or leverage LPs as, as collateral against that, right? Um, there is... Uh, that then as well as going to add concentrated liquidity, there's there's supporting that, right? Uh, so there's there's a lot of cool stuff that you know we can we can do on osmosis before we you know we 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 launch another outpost, which we which we want to for sure. Uh, I think Dane mentioned the reasons, you know, what, what are the requirements, right? The requirements is liquidity, oracles, and I think uh, need for leverage, essentially. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I did say these are forward-looking questions, so. Uh... I know there's plenty to to do on osmosis before you start uh, worrying about uh, further deployments. Um, I I guess like a question around the 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 Mars hub. Um, is there a, will will Mars be exploring utilizing any of the sort of shared security mod uh, modules that have been doing the rounds in in the wider cosmos? Um, you know mainly. Sort of interchain security, uh, mesh security, or or even potentially a terror alliance. Um, so we did explore this um, at a pretty early stage. I think it was at some time shortly after the terror crashed. We started looking for other solutions. We we talked with um, interchain security developers, uh, and the concern at that time was mainly about launching time. Um, at the time, we we thought we could launch much earlier. Um, but interchain account uh, will take time, so that solution was was uh, passed on. Uh, but now you you see we we both have delayed quite a long time. Uh, Mars just launched interchain security, still needs to wait a bit longer. Uh, so I guess that 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 is, that is the story. So that is how we ended up here with a sovereign chain. Uh, but uh, I think our, our chain is not ossified. Um, our chain can always adopt other solutions, and I think that's up for governance to decide. Gotcha. A very diplomatic answer. Thank you, Larry. And, and, and a final question before I hand over to uh, uh, Black Trader and then Julian. Um, uh, 
Larry, one of your uh, pet projects uh, is uh, is is th- is these badges NFTs, and I've I've seen seems like we you've been playing around a little bit with those on on both Mars and and, and Astroport. Is there um, is there any sort of plan to bring any utilities to those, or is it just uh, just a bit of fun as a pet project for you? Um, yeah, first of all, uh, I only wrote the contract and the web app. Uh, there are other people who actually create those art and uh, and and all the wordsmithing, you know, to come up with the description and sort of stuff. Uh, so they are the real creators. So, uh, like, just give them a bit of recognition. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So for now, they are just pictures. Um, I, um, so for now they're just pictures there's no utilities I did have some thoughts on giving them some utilities like if you um, own a particular badge proving that you have done a certain act, like notable activity on chain that may give you a DAO membership uh, somewhere so Things like this, I did consider them, but uh, anyways, it's just a toy project. I have not uh, give it like a very high priority in in, in my in my schedule, you know. So um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm only I'm, I'm only teasing with you, Larry. No, it's uh, it's a good bit of fun, and yeah, if it, yeah. yeah, maybe they can be used for for little bits and bobs here in the future, but. Uh, but yeah, it's been a bit of fun chasing those around. Um, I'm going to hand over to the audience. I've got a couple of people up here. If anyone else wants to come up, now's a good time to put up your hand. I'll hand over to you, uh, Black Trader. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Uh, hey, guys, congrats on the launch. Super exciting stuff. Uh, I have two questions. One is, um, I tried to find this, and I couldn't find this uh, anywhere in the documents, but as far as the contributor tokens, are those eligible for voting and or staking um just curious about that uh and then uh obviously i mean during the lockup period uh and then my second question is uh, i recently learned about a protocol on eth called gearbox and it looks like they do kind of similar stuff to what you guys are doing with the c2c contracts or c2c loans and i was just curious if uh if I'm correct about that, do you guys think they're doing similar stuff to what you guys are doing? Uh, are there differences? Just curious about thoughts on that. If I just jump in and answer the first part, we did answer that earlier in the in the call. Um, the answer was they cannot be staked, but they can be used to vote in, in governance. Okay, thanks. Sorry, I had to step off for a second, so I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no worries. I'll pass over to the team to answer the second question. Yeah, so regarding Gearbox... I just have one one thing to say, and then I'll, I'll hand it over to Doko. But uh, it is indeed pretty similar to Gearbox. Um, we came up with the idea around the same time. So uh, if if you look at my my forum posting back in May or so last year, uh, describing the first draft of the the credit account idea, I do believe that was before Gearbox announced their design. I could be wrong, but it's it's around the same time, so we came up with the uh, similar ideas uh, independently at, at around the same time. 
looking at their design, I, I do have the impression that our design is a bit more generalized, but I think uh, I can hand over to Doko on, on that. Yeah, I mean, you 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 covered it well. Uh, it, it it is it is. I mean, conceptually is is, is very similar, right? They're both both credit accounts, and the, which allows you allows you to borrow uh, within your account and and uh, and take essentially uh, leverage yield farming positions um, and and potentially more. Uh, Gearbox is a little bit limited. I think the main difference is it's Gearbox is limited to mostly to farming, uh, leverage yield farming. Um, they, while we, like, like Larry said, we, we tend, we, we, our goal is to become even more, more generalized and then have more integrations essentially, uh, and more functionality. So things like, yes, yeah, leverage of farming, but also things like margin trading, um, things like, uh, even potentially integrating with perps, uh, and with, and the ability to just cross collateralize all your positions, uh, doesn't really matter what your position is. So I think. In that sense, yeah, there's there's that difference, but uh, but yeah, it, conceptually it is very similar. It is it is still a credit credit uh, a credit account protocol. Okay, thanks. That helps. A uh, quick follow up. So you guys, I know you guys said you're going into perps or thinking about going that direction eventually too. Is that something you guys are looking at partnering with someone else that already does perps? Or are you guys thinking about doing your own perps? Or have you guys given that much thought? Good question. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, I, I so we don't we don't have a uh, sort of like a definitive kind of like uh, roadmap of how we're going to do it. But I think both options are on the table. Like if there is if we're on a chain and there is a successful uh, purse protocol that works and then they're willing to integrate with us, super happy to do that. If not, then, you know, we might build it or, you know, it, it, it open to both. Right. Uh, the flexibility of the credit account is that you can integrate or you can, you know, add that functionality yourself, essentially. Cool, thank you guys for the answers. Great answers, I appreciate it. Of course. Julian, did you wanna jump in with your question? Uh, yeah, thanks guys. Um, uh, congrats on the chain launch. It's been almost a year. I remember participating in the pools uh, back in, I think it was March. Um, so really great to have a full chain going on Mars, congrats. Um, just had a couple questions with setting up the validator and everything. Um, like first question is, uh, I see that the IBC prop is now live from Synergy nodes, but why wasn't IBC like part of just from the get go? Why did we have to wait for um, a prop to happen? That, that was just the first question. And then I can go to the next after. Um, I can jump in here. I, th I think we semi touched on this earlier. Um, we we kind of had some discussions at at the start um, before we launched the chain and decided that we would like to get staking incentives um, live on the chain first so that people could um, see that they could get a return there and to encourage uh, staking for chain security. I think that was the primary reason. And then also just to get through another couple of governance proposals before we kind of like open the floodgates of IBC and, and you know, the tokens just fly out into the cosmos. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of curious on kind of what the logic was there of not launching with IBC. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. Um, I guess next question. Um, I know uh, Kujira was trying to open a pool for uh, Mars as well. Um, is there interest in kind of launching incentives on that side? Um, as like with an order book, you need much lower incentives than an AMM model. Um, just curious if that that would be something the validators would be open to. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be great to see like a form proposal from someone if they want to propose that and to see if that uh, advances to like an on-chain vote. But I'm sure 
um, at least some contributors would support that. So it'd be best to follow that um, that sort of guideline we have of, of doing the form post and then um, processing through to a proposal. All right. Uh, so yeah, the, just, the form. Yeah, sorry. A point I want to add here is that there is a very specific reason we incentivize liquidity on osmosis, and that is because our Red Bank will swap protocol revenue into Mars token and send those Mars tokens back to the hub chain to be distributed as staking rewards. Uh, and for that to work, we need there to at least be some Mars liquidity. We don't want to have very shallow Mars liquidity. And every time we, we do that swap, we have 10%, 20% slippage. And that's, that's not very cool, right? Uh, so that is a very specific reason we need liquidity on osmosis. And we want to incentivize that. Uh, we don't have a outpost on injective, uh, sorry, <laughs> on, uh, on Kujira just yet. Um, so there, there is not a immediate need for, for liquidity there. So that's a point I want to make. Uh, but, but ultimately, of course, it ends, uh, it, it's, it's up to governance to, to decide. Okay. Um, so yeah, just trying to understand like from validator sides, um, the kind of priority is incentivizing wherever an outpost is. Um, is that correct? Even if like that outpost is on a, like a inefficient liquidity chain type of situation. Well, if a chain is definitively more inefficient, less efficient than another, then, uh, we probably won't just, we probably just isn't going to launch there in the first place. Right. Um, if it is yeah. not a DeFi hotspot. I, I, I get it, Larry. I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of AMMs over order books. Like It's known order books are just better, whether it be Injective or whoever else, just order books are more efficient in terms of liquidity. I'm um, just trying to understand kind of the priorities on like Mars and uh, where like validators should be kind of focusing their efforts at the moment. I would just, um, I would add here as well. Um... You know, when, when you say, like, would something be supported, um, we're all still individuals, the contributors, and, and even though pre-launch we had to decide on something, uh, internally there's always much debate on any of these decisions. So, um, you know, post-launch, uh, there's a bit more freedom for the contributors there where they have the opportunity to just vote with their uh, investing amount. So we're not just sort of one unit that's always uh, agreeing with each other and, and moving in that path. Um, although, although we generally are, like, we do have different opinions on that stuff. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, looking forward to be active on the forum. Excited to be uh, have Mars launched. Um, so great work, guys. Thanks for the question, Julian. And uh, yeah, just to, to point out, there is a there is an order book that's already opened up for, for Mars USK and Mars Axelar USDC on Kajira. So if people want to start placing stink bids on there, uh, <laughs> there's there's an opportunity there potentially where um, the token will probably be pretty volatile in the early stages. So there uh, could be some opportunities. Um, I, I did actually in my inbox have a question uh, from, from Sonny at Os Osmosis. Um, so I don't think he's still in the audience, but I will still ask his question in case he, he wants to listen back. Um, his question was, how does governance on Mars Hub get executed on the outposts? Is it via multi-sig, interchain accounts, or other? Um, 
I, I can tell you this if Larry's Larry's um, probably the subject me that expert there, but uh, initially there'll be uh, signaling proposals and, and they are on multi-sig and um, we're actually just formulating a document now. Um, I think Lex Snow is on here. Um, he's been writing this up that will define every action the multi-sig has control over. Uh, but we are as soon as possible pushing towards uh, full governance over IBC. So I don't know if Larry, you want to like expand on your Envoy module. Yeah, so we created a Cosmos module called Envoy. Um, you know, uh, it, 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 it means uh, and, and a facility for delivering messages. So it's called Envoy. Um, and the way it works is it allows um, the, the chain's governance to control an interchain account on a different chain. So this, this, that account will then be appointed as the owner and admin of our Red Bank contract. So once that is done, then all the governance action will be executed by that interchain account. For example, if we want to add a new asset uh, to be supported by Red Bank, uh, we need to execute the Red Bank contract from the owner account. Uh, and for that to work, we, we, we create a proposal on Mars Hub. And once that is passed, uh, that message is passed to the interchain account and, and executed. Uh, so that is how it, work, will work, uh, how, how, how it will work in the long term. Uh, so this module is currently being audited. Uh, I do expect it will go live pretty soon. Uh, sometimes after this deployment stage has finished uh, through a chain upgrade. Uh, and uh, one thing I want to note is that Envoy module is pretty, uh, it's pretty generalized. So it's not specific to Mars. Uh, so one thing I've been, I have been tweeting about is, you know, uh, Stargates did a token swap with Osmosis. So Stargate's community pool has a bunch of Osmo. So one thing I've been suggesting is uh, they, you know, Stargate also runs a validator Osmosis. So what, what I've been suggesting is they can delegate those tokens to themselves, right? But uh, this process needs to be trustless. So the solution I, I, I gave them was you can register a interchain account on Osmosis controlled by Stargate's governance and you make that delegation through that interchain account. So that is also a thing the Envoy module could enable. So, um, so I, if you're developing a chain, I encourage you to look into our code base and potentially uh, like adopting our, our work. Yeah, interesting. I hope that answers Sonny's question. <laughs> Hopefully you guys have got some good communication channels there where uh, you can ask the question directly. Um, and yeah, def definitely sounds like an interesting module. I know um, uh, my former employer, Prism, are, are doing a lot of stuff with interchain accounts and, and, and governance across different chains. So that might be something that's of interest to them. I'll make sure I pass that on to Hyperion if you're not already talking to him. Um, I think we're, we're about to hit the hour. No one else has their hand up so i'm, I'm going to take that as a sign that that we've kind of covered all the all the obvious bases on the call so far um i guess just to wrap up did you guys have any any closing comments any any calls to action uh, for the folks in the audience here 
um, I'll just say it's, it's great to be live again. Um, you know, after the terror crash, we kind of recouped and decided where we would go and decided on osmosis and, and we thought we could get there pretty quick. And then, um, you know, we got carried away. We, we got excited and added some more features. So, uh, took longer than we expected, but we're here now and, and that's great. And, um, there's going to be some like, uh, grants coming up where we have a bunch of ideas also on, um, what we would like to see developed. Um, so we're going to put out like a page on that and, and hopefully the community can get involved as well and contributing to Mars there. Cool. Larry Doko, anything before we close out? No, I mean, I just voiced what Dane said and super grateful for you guys to be here. Really appreciate it. Uh, talking to you and then answering questions and yeah, super excited. Cool. Well, we're, we're on the hour perfectly. I guess we'll wrap it up there, being conscious of everyone's time. Um, yeah, once again, you know, huge congratulations on on the on the launch of the hub. Lots of stuff uh, upcoming with the various launch phases. Um, wishing you the best of luck with everything going forward, and um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll we'll speak again soon as you embark on uh, on future launch phases. So, thanks for everyone for your time. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Mars Hub launch update, the Red Space, hosted by Ryan Lyon, recorded on Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. a book, yo, I learned something nifty. The CIA was feeding people acid in the 50s. Some people knew it, most of them didn't. It was like a little game they invented. Sandoz had the plug, it was all about the research. Gotta get turned on, hollering me first. Government reaction is always kinda knee-jerk. Not exactly what I'd like to see out of my leaders. Send lunatics trying to see the other side. Everybody likes to hide and seek when the dose is high. Paranoid, like, people are watching me. Well, that's because people are watching, see? If DMT is a Niagara of epiphanous beauty and psilocybin treats your mind like a movie. LSD wasn't the mind control they wanted, so they kept designing and different drugs to haunt us. You are an explorer and you represent our species and the greatest good you can do is to bring back a new idea because our world is endangered by the absence of good ideas. Our world is in crisis because of the absence of consciousness. Consciousness. Just another night in the cabin camping. Three drops hit in each tongue like, well, that happened. Feeling like a weird alien on this planet I'm just passing through staring at these inhabitants They didn't know provocateurs infiltrating lock your doors Trying to start a quiet riot so they could mop the floors Used to slay the forage waiting for the drum roll And that's what happens when cutthroats get all the control Acting all manic, the passion is frantic The visuals are magic, so let your mind brandish This little weapon of mass dysfunction Red dawn down, now we're tripping with the Russians Reading in a book, yo, I learned something nifty The CIA was Feeding people acid in the 50s Some people knew it Most of them didn't And you wonder why we harbor such resentment Dicks My notion of what the psychedelic experience is for Is that we each must become like fishermen And go out onto the dark ocean of mind And let your nets down into that sea And what you're after is not some behemoth That will tear through your nets